Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. And good morning, everybody. I'm Bart Winkler in for Bill Ryder. Tom's here. You're here. We're all here. Let's have a let's have a swell time together over the next couple of hours. I'm going to start by doing um, what a lot of Packers podcasters and beat writers um bloggers have been doing i'm in milwaukee so that is the team that i cover slash root for slash am an owner of we're having a transitional period in the state of wisconsin we're excited to cover a new team uh, with with new players that's kind of what the packers feel like especially with jordan love as the quarterback now but it's hard to let go of Aaron Rodgers and all the content that he provides. And now we're watching him do all these things, speaking at conferences, uh, romanticizing about how it's great that they call it spelling because words put a spell on you, jamming out at Taylor Swift shows, looking like a seat filler at the Tonys. He's been all over the place and... For a long time, we'd be covering that. Whether it was important or not, Aaron Rodgers drives the content machine. He most certainly does. And now the Packers community is sort of, uh, the media community anyway, is sort of left with, with none of those scraps. So we're still trying to figure out how much of that we can, we can lean into. I personally, um, in shows that I've done and the the podcast that I do, which is just my name, look for me, I, I've retired from commenting on Aaron Rodgers in terms of who he is as a person. I feel like I've really dissected this man. I feel like I can break him down on a uh, like a psychological level. Like I almost feel like I'm a shrink that he's never gone to me for sessions, but I just I, I know. I know him. My main thing, and I'm, I've retired from it, but I'm I'm going to tell you, my main 
way to describe Aaron Rodgers is that he is a personality chameleon. So he will adapt his personality to whatever setting, situation, or other people he's around. This, I, I, I'm happy to share this thought, even though I've retired from it, because I think it's a brilliant take, and I hope that someone hears it and steals it and takes it as their own. I don't care. I just want to get it. I just want to get it out there. Um, personality chameleon. We've seen this in Green Bay for years, where whoever like is on the team, Rodgers will then start acting like. Whether it was Martellus Bennett the year he was here, whether it was Julius Peppers, whether it's Mason Crosby, uh, whoever it is, whoever his like lockers next to, he turns into, basically is what happens. Uh, I don't know how much it's fair game to talk about these quarterbacks or any player in their romantic relationships, but I felt like we got a different version of Aaron Rodgers when he was dating Olivia Munn. He was more of like a nerd. When he was dating Danica Patrick, all of a sudden he was like super into workouts. When he was dating Shailene Woodley, all of a sudden he's like doing ayahuasca in the middle of Fiji. He's, he changes his personality. Now he's in New York, and he's trying to figure out who he wants to be. Is what he's trying to do. Who's he want to be? Does he want to be fun-loving New York guy? I don't even know what that means. But I think he's trying to figure that out as well. There's still a part of his personality that I think is the underlying basis, is that he thinks he's smarter than everybody. <laughs> but then that And that also shines through. But I, I would call him a personality chameleon. And why I bring this up is... He is interesting to watch and talk about. He is interesting to follow, and this Jets season is going to be interesting, and it is going to drive content, and we all want to watch this thing work and see if it does work. And we don't want to wait until September to see if it's going to work on the football field. We want to see as much of this as possible. And the NFL and HBO are hoping to do the same thing. There are a few teams eligible for hard knocks. All right, so Hard Knocks, the show that has been on for 20 years, surprisingly, that goes inside training camp, and you know, there's funny anecdotes that come out, and there's really weird things like, oh, Jeff Fisher's just going to call Nick Foles and cut him on the phone. Okay, I, I, I guess that's what's going to happen. I brought this up the other day when Antonio Brown froze his feet. We got to see that play out in the Raiders' Hard Knocks. The Jets, the Saints, the Bears, and Commanders all fit the criteria for being named to the show. You can't have had a new head coach, and you can't have had them made the playoffs, and there's some other stuff, and um, they have whittled it down to four teams that are eligible. The Saints, are the Saints interesting? I mean, they got Derek Carr. Okay, they're Saints. Um, the Bears could watch Justin, Justin Fields' progression, and you know DJ Moore's there, and they're trying some new things. The Commanders, maybe something with the ownership sale or Sam Howell's progression. You know, it's the NFL. It's an inside access. I don't think that any of these would be necessarily terrible entertainment, but it's got to be the Jets. I mean, it's got to be the Jets. For everything that the Jets are doing, for getting Aaron Rodgers, for getting, like, all of his friends. Nathaniel Hackett's the new offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay before his awful stint in Denver. Alan Lazard was his wide receiver. Randall Cobb is there. I don't know why. Adrian Amos is also signed. 
They brought in McCole Hardman, so they got him from the Chiefs. So the Jets, they've got a lot of additions, and Aaron Rodgers is, of course, the big one. Plus, Zach Wilson's still there. You can, like, get some content with him and Rodgers. It's got to be the Jets. I think it's got to be the Jets. And the Jets do not want it. Jets players have tweeted they don't want this. They're trying to focus. The coach, Robert Sala, says, I know there's several teams that would love for Hard Knocks to be here. We're, we're not that team. We're not one of them. But I think it's got to be the Jets. They've got entertaining guys outside of Rodgers. We want to see Brees Hall in his comeback. Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner could be interesting guys. Uh, you never know. There's other guys that pop up, and and it's always fun to see a behind-the-scenes look. I don't know that Hard Knocks carries the same sort of weight that it did maybe when it first started. I mean, 20 years ago, think of how much has changed in 20 years. 20 years ago, there was still no Facebook, uh, much less Twitter. or There was none of that. Social media wasn't a thing. There was the internet, and you could like make a GeoCities website. I had one of those. You could go on uh, message boards, you know, for like your favorite TV show. Uh, I, I, I was, uh, you know, I lurked on those. There was message boards. We had a message board for high school sports in our state, and that was always fun. I played soccer. That was always fun to go on there and see like people bashing me. <laughs> it was okay. That was odd. And then I found out it was my old, my own teammates. That's a different story, maybe for a different time. Uh, my teammates did not like me, and they went on a message board to talk about it. You know, that that's as hard knocks as it gets for high school soccer. Why did I bring this up? Anyway, it's 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 to, it's a totally different landscape than it was twenty years ago. So twenty years ago, to get an inside look at an NFL team, it was it was almost like it was can't miss TV. It was shocking. It was jarring, and it was great. It was the Ravens at first, then the Cowboys, then it went away for a few years, came back. In 2007 with the Chiefs, and then the NFL kind of got involved and was like, all right, it's, we're going to make teams do this. We like this. We're going to make teams do this. And over the years, you know, it's kind of faded in terms of its relevancy in, in pop culture and in stature. But again, there's just so much more content now than ever that it's it's harder to break through. you got to have a really crazy moment, like in 2010, when Antonio Cromartie was trying to name all nine of his children for the Jets and couldn't. So those are the kind of moments that that break free. And now, I mean, I don't know if you guys watch Hard Knocks every year, but you might see singing or, you know, the, the most viral moment of the year. I don't know that a lot of people sit down and the night of need to see Hard Knocks as it's first aired. I think the Jets would do that. I think there's a lot of interest in Aaron Rodgers, especially, and how it would go. Now, I don't know if the Jets are going to be like, all right, you can you can come here, but you can't can't do Rodgers content. You know, that sounds like something the Jets might have up their sleeve. But they're also providing a lot of Rodgers content. You know, that's the other thing, too. It's not just it's not just that there's more content. Teams are providing more content. And sure, they have more of a say of, of what gets out there. And the HBO crews might document some stuff that the Jets wouldn't have otherwise put out on social media or any of these teams. But... They have, we have more access to behind the scenes content than we ever did before. Just, you know, hard knocks is something that kind of happens. I don't think it's that big of a deal. The more that you say, I don't want it. I I mean, I think the Jets are kind of being, this whole Jets thing is weird, to be honest with you. 
The Jets, there's a couple of ways to win a Super Bowl right now, I think. You need a quarterback that you develop that's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Or you take a quarterback that is towards the end and you put good weapons around him and he can still deliver at a high level. You see Patrick Mahomes win Super Bowls. You see Tom Brady and Matt Stafford win Super Bowls. Which, by the way, I'm not rooting. I'm a Packer guy here. I'm not rooting for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets to do well. I don't know if that's rare. Is that a rare thing to do? Should I be rooting because he was my quarterback for so long? Or should I be rooting? What like I don't know what the baseline is in that situation. Tom, you want to help me out here? What should I be what should I be doing? Should I be rooting for Rodgers? Should I not be rooting for Rodgers? Uh, in this particular case, Bart, I would say that you should be rooting against Aaron Rodgers <laughs> very strongly. Why? In most cases, I would say if a player played for your franchise and played so well and he was so dominant and the team had so much success that yeah. you should want to see him do well as he rides off into the sunset, whether he plays for one more year or two more years. But the way that this breakup ended, I mean, this breakup was, what, three, four years in the making, and it was so public back and forth between the front office and Rodgers, like, they didn't have anything nice to say about each other for so long. Like, no, I I don't think uh, diehard Packers fans should want to see Aaron Rodgers do well in New York. Did New England fans root for Brady when he was in Tampa? I don't think so. Like, I think they were indifferent. See, I think it's a little bit different. I don't think they rooted for him to fall on his face and fail. I think they were indifferent. Because the uh, fan base... When Stafford won for the Rams, Detroit acted like they won a Super Bowl. They were like they, that was their vindication when Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl with the Rams. I, I so I don't want to do that. I think there's different ends of the spectrum here. I certainly I don't want to be. I'm not. I'm not going to be. You know, crazy about the New York Jets, but people were Packer fans were in 2008 with Brett Favre. Uh, Packer fans were were crazy. You would go to. Packer games, and you would still see a bunch of Favre jerseys, but they were all Jets jerseys. People would buy those and then wear them to Packer games. And then, you know, it's always tough when you break up with a star, no matter how long they've been there. It's like, uh, do you hate the star now? Did you actually like the star and not the team? Are you supporting the player? People always come back to the team. There's there's people that left the Packer fandom because of Brett Favre that are now mad at Aaron Rodgers because of what he did to the Packers or, or the breakup, the, the way that it was. So personally, I'm not rooting, if it matters, for the Jets to do well. And there's no, like, pick determination of that either. The Packers have already worked that out with the Jets, so it's not like, hey, if the Jets win the Super Bowl, the Packers get a first. Hey, if the Jets win nine games, the Packers get a fourth. So I'm glad that that's kind of out of the way and th- this trade can just be what this trade is. Now, the Jets, I think, are acting like... I mean, they got Aaron Rodgers, okay? And I know, I know that they still think there's something left. I, I just think the last year of Aaron Rodgers watching him, he was not that good. I know he won two MVPs the two years prior. I understand that. But we also saw that happen to Peyton Manning, where Peyton Manning was really, really good, and then the next year he was getting benched for Brock Osweiler. Okay, so there is, like, these guys do hit a point where the talent's just not there anymore. I think with Rodgers, we thought he was losing it. Then he had a chip on his shoulder because the Packers drafted Jordan Love, his replacement, and then he got good again, or he got back to an MVP level. So I think with Jets fans, you're thinking that can happen again. 
Also, your quarterbacks have been terrible forever. I mean, Zach Wilson stunk. Still one of the dumbest draft picks of all time. The Jets fans, you should have taken Justin Fields. I don't understand that. Just like the Bears should have taken Patrick Mahomes that year instead of trading up for Trubisky. Uh, the, the Jets should have. And it was so weird. It's like they knew they were taking. Like there was no, everyone knew number one, and then everybody knew number two, and everybody knew that number two was going to be uh, Zach Wilson. And it made no sense. They all knew it was going to be Trevor Lawrence, and they all knew it was going to be Zach Wilson. And I didn't know why the Jets were like showing their cards like that. But then Zach Wilson came, and he was bad. He was so bad that like Mike White was a hero for a month. And then I remember I was doing a I was in for Zach Gelb one night on a Thursday when Chris Strebler was running all over the place. It's it's just been bad. So if it's if you've been driving like you know eighty eight Chevy celebrities your whole life and then somebody gives you a Mercedes, yeah, you're gonna show that thing off. And you're going to be excited about it. And you're going to think of all the good times that you're going to have. It just feels like a get-rich-quick scheme is what it feels like. That's what it feels like to me, this whole Jets thing. And the way they're acting like it, too. It feels like a get-rich-quick scheme. Or they've got this pill that's going to help them lose 30 pounds in 30 days. Or they've got this hot new stock tip. Or they've got this new crypto. It just seems like it's too good to be true for the Jets. And I think that that's what you're going to see. And that's why we want to be voyeuristic and watch this thing in the uh, preseason on Hard Knocks. You know, I'd watch Hard Knocks. I don't sit down and watch Hard Knocks the night it comes out and I try to watch it and then it, it like escapes my brain. And now they're doing in season Hard Knocks. And, you know, that's like, okay, how much Hard Knocks do we actually need? It's like, we want the content, but my God, now you got to seek it out. I. Would watch it, though. You you have to. This is about as must-see TV as a hard knocks that there ever will be. I think the Jets' season's very interesting, too, because their first six games, you're going to hear a lot about their first six games. Their first six games, they've got no favors from the NFL and the schedule makers. And then there's the bye week. If the Jets were starting their last six games as their first six games, their last six games are versus Atlanta, versus Houston, at Miami, Versus Washington at Cleveland at New England. We'll see how Cleveland is. We'll see how, you know, Miami is. But that's a lot easier than what they've been given. They open Monday night football, home against Buffalo. They go to Dallas the next week. That is a Mike McCarthy-Aaron Rodgers rematch. They take on New England. Then they take on Kansas City on a Sunday night. Then they're at Denver, and then they have to play Philadelphia. So you've got Rodgers' former coach, two division matchups, the two Super Bowl teams from last year, and then whatever Denver decides to be by week five. And then you have a bye week. Then you've got the Giants, and then you've got the Chargers. Like it's just, and then you've got the Raiders on the road, and then Buffalo. It's just, it's not, I mean, I don't know how many wins are in there. So it's going to be very interesting for the Jets. This could be... I think I think the expectations are so high that if they like a four and four start in their first to eight would be like acceptable with that schedule any other year. But the way that the fans are treating it, it's not even the fans. It's like the Jets. I've never seen an organization so desperate to sell that things are different than the New York Jets. 
and they're doing that around Aaron Rodgers, and of course they're exciting. The the fa- the team is acting like how a super fan should. Like the team is acting that way. It's just very very weird. And when there's this much expectation and there's this much hoopla and there's all these new faces and there's a lot of money involved, it could go very poorly and it could be a huge disaster. Not unlike what also going on in that city with the New York Mets who lost last night to my Milwaukee Brewers. 855-212-4227. I'm Bart Winkler, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio, in for Bill Ryder. I am Bart Winkler. Hope you guys have a fun weekend plan. July 4th. It's on a Tuesday, so then you, you technically get that and then the Monday. Although I don't know if technically that is what happens. Because if it's on a... Some places might have you work Monday. And then then you get off Tuesday. Then you got... Yeah, you don't want to do that. Then you got to take off Monday. No. That's why there were a lot of places that would that have shifted to giving you the Friday after Thanksgiving off. Some places still make you take off. And we got we got to take off. We got to take off for my, my New York Jets and the Dolphins of a Black Friday game. Guys, they they're, they're going to the NFL that Black Friday game. There's a, Okay, so you're going to play a game on the Friday of a holiday weekend. Big deal. Man, they treated this like they were inventing a new day of the week. They treated it like, okay, in in November, there's going to be a November 32nd, and we're going to play a football game on it. Well, it's just, it's a game. It's an extra, it's a game, a different time. And then, and that gets all the hoopla, and then the NFL's like, oh, by the way, triple header on Christmas Monday. What? I don't want that. Hey, congrats to LSU. They won the College World Series. I was talking yesterday about how this is great. The College World Series is on a Monday night. Might not be much else on unless, of course, you watch the NHL awards. I did not watch the College World Series after everything I said yesterday. I watched the, I watched, uh, I watched the Brewers and the Mets is what I watched. Oh, and I put my kid to bed. That's a three-hour three chore. How long does it take you, Tom, to put your kid to bed? By the time we actually start the routine <laughs> and he's actually asleep... It's over an hour. It's it's getting painful at this point. 
okay, my kid, what sucks about being a dad, nothing sucks. It's awesome. It's the best. But what is like a moment that I prefer not to have is when I see him doing things that I used to do. I was, I was, I never wanted to go to sleep, you know, and I always be like five more minutes, five, five more. No, I just have to finish this episode. Five more minutes. Putting this kid to bed. It's like, you think he's ready to go to sleep and he goes, I need a drink of water. Okay. Give him a drink of water. Closes his eyes. I I need my Snoopy blanket. All right. Go get your Snoopy blanket. I need, I I need to go potty. Well, I can't say no to that. Okay. Go potty. Doesn't go. Just sits there. Just a whole ordeal. So that's what I was doing last night. That's why that's why I missed watching LSU's scoring bonanza. But congratulations to them. Uh, they win the championship like every other year, I think. And uh, it was an SEC matchup against Florida. Florida had a big game two. LSU a big game three. It's great for Omaha. You know, what a great way for them to be the center of the sports world for a while in Nebraska. So it's great for them. It is. It's always weird that the College World Series, like school's not in session right now, but they're playing. I always thought that was weird in high school. There would be some teams that play baseball in the spring, and then some would play in the summer. And I always thought that was weird. I was like, "Don't you want your summer off, man?" You're, I guess. I mean, it's not school, but still, you got your high school name on your chest. It's the summer, dude. Playing high school ball. I always thought that was a little weird. I think it'd be neat if they moved this since they're playing so late anyway in the in the semester or whatever, if you could time the college world series to take place during the all-star break, I think that might be a way to boost the attention a little bit. Although I think, as I mentioned, I think they had a pretty good run with, with what they uh, ended up having and and the TV numbers were good and seemed to be a lot of interest. So congrats again to LSU and congrats to Florida. Always congrats to the team that got so close, but lost. The team that's been winning the Super Bowl the last few years, at least in the last 10 years, I think there's two ways to do it from a quarterback perspective. You either have your guy that is established in your system, maybe on a rookie deal, but like a guy that you've drafted and developed, or you bring in a free agent now, a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning, Matt Stafford, at the end of their career to act as the missing piece to everything else you've built around. The Kansas City Chiefs won last year with Mahomes. The Rams with Matt Stafford. So he's one of these older guys. All right, you're established. Come on in here. The Buccaneers with Brady. Chiefs again with Mahomes. Brady counts for New England. The only exception to this, we can go back and look at more Brady's and look at Peyton Manning, look at Russell Wilson. The exception in the last 10 years is Philadelphia. But they had their guy in Carson Wentz. So I guess that counts. And then somehow Nick Foles won a uh, Super Bowl. So that would be like the exception in terms of what you need at quarterback. I do think you need you need a, like you need a great quarterback to win a Super Bowl. You need a great quarterback or just lower the tier if your team's if your team's close enough. And I bring that up because it does seem to be some interest in Kirk Cousins if not this year, maybe next year. Article on Pro Football Talk says the Rams and the Niners could pursue Kirk Cousins next year. I still thought that the Vikings should have traded Kirk Cousins for Trey Lance. I thought that the Vikings, the NFC North is so odd. All these teams are essentially rebuilding. And the one team that has expectations, the Detroit Lions, has not won the division since 1993. 
Fun fact, I always mention it, the Buccaneers have won that division more recently than the Lions. They won the NFC Central in 1999. So I, if I'm the Vikings, everybody else is rebuilding. It seems like they're all going to try to be good in three years from now. And we'll see what happens in that standpoint. I think the Vikings should have traded uh, Kirk Cousins for Trey Lance. And I think the Niners, that the, the Niners put me as a team that could benefit from Kirk Cousins. The same way that the Rams benefited from Matt Stafford. Even though Kirk was brought in Minnesota to take the team further than they've ever been before, at least in recent times, the team got to an NFC championship with Case Keenum. They think they were a quarterback away, so they've tried this. So they bring in Kirk Cousins, give him all the money, and then they haven't gotten to an NFC championship game since. But I think with San Francisco, San Francisco is just built in a different way than every other team. They are so set at skill positions more than anybody else. And I always say that San Francisco is like the best team for a third and 20 situation. If you have a third and 20 and you need 21 yards for a first down, they've got seven or eight guys on that offense. I think that can get you the first down. They've got Debo Samuel. They've got George Kittle. They've got Christian McCaffrey. And even guys that are coming out, like Brandon Ayuk gets forgotten about. He's very good. Uh, they've got, like, Eli Mitchell had a bunch of rushing yards for them one year. So I, I just think that they are such a strong team talent-wise when it terms in terms of the skill positions that you don't need, you don't need Patrick Mahomes on that team to win a Super Bowl. You need, like, uh, I mean, even a Kirk Cousins will do now, the guys they have, is Sam Darnold going to be that guy? Apparently, they like Sam Darnold. That's what I keep hearing. They like they like Sam Darnold. Brock Purdy, I still don't know that that's a fluke or not. Brock Purdy, we'll bring him up later, Austin Reeves. Brock Purdy is the Austin Reeves of the NFL. Where it's like, you keep doubting the guy, but he keeps doing it. And then you keep thinking, no, nah, no, nah, this is a fluke, this is a fluke. Bad, but then he keeps doing it. I'm still not ready to believe in Brock Purdy, just like I'm not ready to believe in Austin Reeves, but then they keep doing it. So at some point you got to, you got to believe. And then Trey Lance, I don't know what he's going to look like as a pro. We saw a little bit of it when they decided to just, you know, make him be a bulldozer and steamroll his way through. And then he got hurt. Uh, So that is a problem. But I don't know. I think that the Rams, you know, what kind of situation are they in with Matt Stafford? The Rams, people are giving a a lot of heat to the Rams, too, for having to tear down their team and uh, they can't afford these guys and they're in cap hell. And people are, like, laughing at the Rams. The Rams just won a Super Bowl. They went all in. It worked. And then there's ramifications. It was was worth it. You got what you wanted. You, You got the payoff. People always make fun of the Florida Miami Marlins too for buying World Series. Hey, the few fans they have, they have two World Series to their name. That's a lot more than a lot of us can say about our team. I, I would, I would much rather have their last thirty years than the team I root for, my Brewers, who beat the Mets last night. Mets are eight games under. They're like done, done. I don't, I don't think they can. I don't think there's enough room to come back. That sucks. <laughs> that, that, that stinks for them. Poor Mets. 855 
I'm Bart Winkler. We'll talk to Bryant McFadden coming up, a longtime NFL player, Super Bowl champion. Get his thoughts on some of this stuff going on throughout the league. And that'll be coming up in just a few minutes. Coming up right now, the man, the myth, Pat Boyle, CBS Sports Radio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Writer Than You on CBS Sports Radio. Bill Ryder off this week. I am in for him. I'm Bart Winkler. Good to be here with you today as we're still, it's still a painfully uh, long way away from the NFL. But you, you don't, some people are like, well, you know, you got to, you can enjoy summer, enjoy summer. No, I I would, I would, if I could close my eyes and wake up and summer was over and the NFL was here, I would do it uh, in a heartbeat. Bryant McFadden, I don't know if you're a big summer guy or if you're, you feel the same way. Two-time Super Bowl champion, you can find him all over the place, especially CBS Sports HQ does the All Things Covered podcast with Patrick Peterson. Bryant, how are you? Thanks for a couple minutes. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. Hey, so let me start because you guys, uh, you know. You're connected, Patrick Peterson, and longtime Steeler. I, that that division is very interesting. I don't know what the Browns are going to do. Like they could be very good, or I didn't think Deshaun Watson looked anywhere near the level that he did before all the suspension. Uh, the The Ravens, I think, are going to be really good. I think the Bengals are still going to be really good. the The fact that Mike Tomlin just doesn't let his teams have a losing record, and I really think like. Kenny Pickett, they've got something in him. What's your take on on their chances of winning the division, and if not the division, the Steelers having a, some wild card success? Yeah, I, I really, really like the Steelers' opportunity to get into the playoffs, something they were not able to do a year ago. Because of the second-year growth we, we I expect to see from Kenny Pickett, Outside of that, they've really did a, a phenomenal job, Omar Khan and his staff, in adding talent, experienced talent on both sides of the football. And I think offensively that will help Kenny Pickett out a lot. You know, you talk about George Pickens, who was a rookie. He emerged to be a big-time playmaker. I think he's going to take a huge leap uh, in year two. Deontay Johnson is, is still there, adding a, an experienced guy with a chip on his shoulder in Allen Robertson. It could be huge. Not to mention some of the, the, the outstanding offensive linemen they were able to add as well in the interior. And then, of course, using their first-round draft pick on Jones, the left tackle. So when you factor all that into the equation, as you mentioned, and Mike Tomlin, his ability uh, to, 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 to win ball games, to be consistent with the talent, I think getting in the playoffs is a must and is a real opportunity for the Steelers this year. Like, what is Tomlin's secret? How did, 
I, I thought last year, candidly, I thought the Steelers would be terrible. And they were not. And it just seems like you give a lot. Like, I never know. It's very hard to determine well, how much credit goes to the quarterback and how much goes to the defense and how much goes to the coach. I think in the Steelers situation, a lot goes to Mike Tomlin and just who he is as a coach. Uh, he's, he's a great leader of men. And when you're coaching the game of football, when you're talking about having 50-plus grown men that you have to have some type of dialogue with and being able to put forth a sound structure and make them believe in what you're giving them, that, that's a plus. And that's who Mike Tomlin is, not to mention his style. You know, everyone, everyone on that staff, they, they, they work together. Uh, they're, they're all in it for the same reason. They're willing to put their hand in the pile to try to hoist a sticky Lombardi. And, and that's why we're seeing, we've seen the consistency from Mike Tomlin in regards to being a head coach in the National Football League. When you're a leader of men and you actually know the game, the ins and outs, and you're a great motivator, no question success will follow, especially when you have enough talent to be able to warrant that said success. Again, you've seen it firsthand. Bryant McFadden, Twitter is BMAC underscore sports talk. One of the divisions we were talking about also, the AFC East, I mean, the Dolphins, and you got to say as long as two is healthy, they could be very good. The Bills, I think, could still be very good. People are writing off the Bills already. I think their window is still open. The Patriots have Belichick. The Jets is the team that gets a lot of the headlines, and they may be on hard knocks. They may not, but Aaron Rodgers is... The quarterback now, and I think the way that I so Brian, I'm a Packer fan, okay. So I've rooted for Aaron Rodgers a long time, and the way that they are, the Jets are acting. It just seems like they're trying to sell me a timeshare. It seems like they're trying to sell me like a get rich quick scheme. I just think that I'm just getting a weird vibe from the Jets, and there's more to me. There's more likelihood that this doesn't work than it does. Your thoughts? I'll tell you this much, if it don't work with Aaron Rodgers, man, you better go ahead and say a prayer <laughs> for the Jets fans because, boy, they're going to stick their head in a toilet because they're so hyped about finally having a quarterback that they believe in. That's why they're so optimistic about this year. And let's keep it real. The Jets last year, they were a good team that didn't have quarterback play. That's it. Mm -hmm. They had everything else. They could run the football, especially with Brees Hall before he went down with that injury. Defensively, a real good unit on all three levels. They just didn't have a quarterback. Now, if you factor everything that they were able to do outside of the quarterback play a year ago, and you add Aaron Rodgers, that's why they're so fired up right now. They're, they're elated because of Aaron Rodgers along with everything they have in place. So if it doesn't work out this year, it's safe to say it would never work out for the New York Jets. <laughs> how, how big of a yeah i know the jets fans they're just happy that there's the possibility that they might not stink and so that's already like a super bowl kind of feeling for them they might be the hard knocks team you know when hard knocks first started it was 20 years ago it was a different landscape there wasn't social media now you know a lot of teams put out their their own stuff so there is there is stuff out there although teams do have the final like content approval on it some Jets have spoken out, and Robert Sala, the coach, doesn't want it, and some of the players said it's a distraction. Do you think it would be that big of a distraction, or is there already like so much content that's being created in these practices that it's not a big of a deal? Would you want to be on it? No, I wouldn't want to be on hard knocks, personally. And throughout my professional career, I never was on hard knocks. 
Um, but now it's a di- it's a different age and era in the National Football League. A lot of these guys utilize the extra attention to create brands outside of the game of football, which could be beneficial financially. So I can't knock players for taking advantage of the opportunity. But me personally, you know, when I'm in training camp, man, I just want all the attention to focus on the guys that's there, not the outside attention, the outside cameras that everyone else can see. Now, for fans, it's great. You know, for fans, they get an opportunity to really be, to feel like they're part of, they're part of that training camp uh, re- regime, whatever it is they're watching. But just me as a former player, no, I never participated in Hard Knocks, and I'm happy I wasn't able to participate in it because, for me, it was all about the attention to detail with the guys that's in the locker room, the guys that's in the dorms with us, and finding a way to put together a nice opportunity to, to fight for a championship. Brian McFadden joining us here, CBS Sports Radio. I'm Bart Winkler, uh, in for Bill Ryder, writer than you. You know, Melvin Gordon's comments on Jim Rome last week, I, I can't stop thinking about him. He's 30 years old. He did win a Super Bowl, but it was on. He was uh practice squad running back. These running backs, I you know, you see what happened with Delvin Cook. And, and Melvin Gordon says this is the worst position. Like, this is the worst position that there is on average – they are making about $1.8 million, which is lower than, I believe, kickers make about 2.1. I think they're only higher than uh, long snappers and maybe punters. And the thing with running backs is I was looking through some of the salaries, and the salaries were one thing. But I also noticed, like, there are, I think, six, maybe six running backs in the league right now that are over 30. And they're all like 31 or 32, or it's Cordell Patterson and Ty Montgomery, guys who started as wide receivers. Is this, like, if you're a running back, I mean, if you're a running back and you come out, you almost need to you almost need to have a good year and hold out and get some money because that second contract, it just teams are not going to want to pay that in any circumstance. There's more running back by committee than ever. Is this the end of the running back, you think, as we know it? I won't say the end of the running back because you have to have a running game to win ball games in the National Football League. But I'll say this, the era of when we saw guys like Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders, Thurman Thomas, um, the ideal featured back where they were getting at least 25 touches a game is no longer. Because, as he mentioned, it's a running back by committee type vibe throughout the National Football League. That's why the running back position has been devalued so much because many teams feel like we can get two serviceable guys and give us production and not pay those two guys the amount of money that this big-time feature running back wants to receive. And that's why you look at the running backs that are still available. Kareem Hunt, he's not 30 yet. He's still available. Dalvin Cook, he's only 27. We know he's a feature back. He's still available. Ezekiel Elliott, he's not 30 yet. He's still available. Leonard Fournette, he's not 30 yet. He's still available. And I'm, pro- I'm probably missing a name or two, but those are the names that just top jump off the top of my head at the running back position that's still available. That's crazy. So when you talk about the running back position and just how devalued it's been, you can't be mad at a guy like Saquon Barkley holding out not signing the franchise tag because he has one opportunity in his career to cash in big time financially. You can't be mad at Josh Jacobs when they hit him with the franchise tag based on the year he had a year ago. And he's holding out because these guys know, man, it's only one and done. You got one opportunity to cash in big time and you better take advantage of that opportunity because after that, 
You're going to be going – they will consider you to be on a decline regardless of whatever it is you're doing. Dalvin Cook had a 1,000 yards last year, got released, and still waiting for an opportunity. Think about that. Yeah, Dalvin Cook uh, is 27. And, it's like, he, I don't – I don't know if he's going to take his time, but he's not going to get $10 million out on the open market. I don't know what these guys do. And then if you're the Vikings, you're like, well, we really like you, Dalvin Cook, or even Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was amazing last year. But then all you got to do is, like, draft a guy, and then he fills the shoes of him. It's it's awful. Correct. Ter- terrible situation for running backs. I don't know. I, I didn't really have a question. My bad. All right, Brian, I'll leave you there. We got we're out of time. I, I I was thinking of something and then I didn't. I didn't. Hey, good to talk to you. Uh we'll do it again. Thank you, man. All right, see ya. Brian McFadden joining us. Um on uh writer than you. You can check him out again, BMAC underscore sports talk, CBS Sports HQ football analyst, and does the podcast with Patrick Peterson, who is with the Steelers. I do think the Steelers will be good. I think Kenny Pickett is the right guy for them. Uh, I think that he's going to be good, but that division is so loaded. The Bengals are going to be good. Lamar Jackson's talking about throwing for six thousand yards. I'm gonna I, like I believe him. I I think that he is going to focus on throwing the football a bunch. And I think we've forgotten how good Lamar Jackson is, just because every Lamar Jackson piece of news has been the holdout or the holdout or him being his own agent. And then the Browns, man. Deshaun Watson looked so bad last year. He was, I thought, 1-2 with Mahomes, but not after he came back. We'll see. CBS Sports Radio, a lot more to get to. Damian Lillard. My God, can we just end this already? More coming up, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.